0: Sunday get the best blanket ever it's also the best gift ever for Mother's Day with Minky Couture, Sandy her staff getting it done for our listeners again helping you get it right on Mother's Day you get 50% off now when you mention Zone 50 at a store near you or online at MinkyCouture.com that's promo code Zone 50 that's Minky Couture for Mother's Day Time to welcome in the former youth, the former Cougar, now on the Jazz pre-half and post-game shows, Tim Lacombe. Tim, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Doing well. How are you? Well, I'm
1: awake, ready to tackle another day. How's that?
0: (laughs) You're excited. It's a 7 o'clock game, not an 8 o'clock game. Am I right?
1: Yeah, that was a nice little bump. We got a little... Got has been at 8 o'clock for a minute, so yeah, I had to look at the calendar to make sure. Uh, but that will save me, uh, or give me one
0: extra hour of sleep, let's put it that way. That's a win. That's a win right there. That's a dub. So the Jazz, to get the win, is it just an instant replay of what they did to the, against the Spurs on Monday? And do you expect a little more out of the Spurs since they won't be going back-to-back and flying in from Texas?
1: Yeah, they're going to be fresh. Uh, you know, that was, that was the one thing the Jazz were um, able to kind of sit and rest while the, the Spurs played. You know, the Jazz have been doing a little of that themselves this year. So um, I, I believe that we'll see a, a similar game, but the, the one thing that's interesting about these back-to-backs, you know, it's going to be a nice little uh, – almost a workshop on the playoffs because you play somebody – uh, you stay, you rest, uh, you play again. Then you know a day later, and everybody's going to make some adjustments and things that you know the other team did well. You're going to try to to take away. And so um, you know, I thought the first game, Spurs really tried to eliminate three point shots. And they only gave up 34 three point shots to the Jazz. The Jazz were uh, you know really really good in the paint. And Rudy was was phenomenal, and that's typically what happens when teams kind of sit on that three-pointer.
2: Interesting concept, Tim, if Tim sit on that three-pointer, as you say, because you'd have to say the Jazz are prolific in that and they want to attempt as many as possible. We know that, so looking into the playoffs... If it's something that is an opportunity to take away something from somebody, they're probably going to do that. So, do you see the Jazz having to make adjustments? And one of those adjustments in the postseason, will we shoot more twos or do they find more ways to make sure they still get up the number of threes that they want to get up? No, I think that,
1: you know, they've seen uh, a lot of different looks this whole year. And I think that's one of the great things about a regular season. You're going to. Have the opportunity to see all sorts of different looks. You know, coaches come with different game plans and different schemes. Um, and the Jazz actually fared really well when, when a team has tried to take away one or the other. Um, it's the teams that kind of have the ability with their length, their versatility and switching, um, and then you know just their their sheer aggressiveness, those, those have been the teams that have given the Jazz a lot more trouble than uh, a team that's basically trying to camp on the three-point line and make them do something else because the ball moves great and Quinn has always had the rim as a huge piece of why the Jazz are successful. They always want to attack the rim. Uh, they always want to put pressure on the rim, whether it be in, in penetration, uh, roll game, or, or transition – that element needs to be there to make the three-pointer uh, more accessible. So the one thing I will say is the Jazz are well-versed in seeing all sorts of different defenses, and so that, that will certainly play in their advantage as the playoffs come because they've seen a little bit of everything and they've been able to execute a little, against a little bit of everything.
0: So a long time ago, Jeff Hornacek sat in the locker room and told PK, you really want to be playing well in the last 10 games. You know, you want to get all the key guys together, get them on the same page, really be in a groove, and that makes a lot of sense. It's common sense. But for teams like the Jazz and the Lakers, who have guys out and might get them back for the playoffs, you know, the, the Nuggets aren't getting Jamal Murray back, and the Warriors aren't getting Clay Thompson back. So their best guys, even if it's not their best possible team, their best possible playoff team is trying to get on the same page right now. But the Jazz and the Lakers may not have their best possible playoff team available here at the end of the regular season. How much is that a concern?
1: Well, I think that's you've heard that forever. And and having been around the game, I think it's important. You know, everybody used to ask us how things are going middle of January. There's just kind of a, I don't know, there's just like spring and, and new blossoms and flowers. When spring hits, when playoffs hit, you know, there's almost some new life that's breathed into the team. Um, but you always do want to be playing your best basketball, and like you said, in the Jazz circumstance right now, they're not able to really have everyone out there because of injury. But uh, you know, Scotty and I were talking on the po- on the post game the other night um, that this may be somewhat of a blessing in disguise because uh Donovan had a really really going um and um you know th- there's there's no doubt in my mind that uh you know Donovan is the guy on this team that's just a little bit different than everybody else you know he can get his own shot um and so what this last little stretch has done i think is it's kind of infused some confidence in a bunch of guys who kind of needed it um and i'll start with Bowie i think he's just been he's been remarkable Um, And, you know, to his credit, I think he sees the void uh, that's left without a couple of guys out there that are A scorers. um, But the playmaking component, you know, we've seen him do more off the bounce, get to the rim. Um, I think he is the very definition of versatility. Uh, He's a guy that jazz, you know, through their storied franchise, he's kind of been the guy that's hard to find. Somebody can make shots from the perimeter. That's rugged enough to, to take a beating on the, you know, on the in the post, um, and has a much better than advertised drive game, um, and and I think some of the early stuff that we saw with Bowie on turnovers and, and not finishing, had more to do with his his wrist than anything else, and the fact that that's all coming together, not ideal right now because you, you would much rather have everybody out there gelling, but I think there are some. Um, some bright spots that you can. I guess the old adage, if life gives you lemon, make lemonade. So I think that's what the Jazz are doing.
2: Let me write that down. If life gives you.
1: Lemons. Yeah, I think that
2: was. Um,
1: if I remember made. right, that was Betsy Ross that said that. <laughs> Betsy Between Ross, flags. Bobby,
2: Bobby Ross's uh, wife, the old charger coach. And what did he coach? Georgia Tech? Georgia, yep. somewhere?
1: Georgia Tech, Ramblin' Ray. Hell of an engineer. <laughs>
2: uh, do you see an opportunity for Bogey when he puts his head down, though, to get some draw and kick? Because it seems like once the head's going down, man, he's going to the basket.
1: He he does have that penchant. Um, but I have seen him make some plays off the bounce, even passing. Um, and and so the one thing we know about this, this Jazz team is these coaches do a great job. Um, you don't have to watch very, very long to see progress. Um, I made – you know, I've talked way too much about it, but I've watched Rudy elevate his game within the context of one season. Um, his ability right now to catch it and to finish it is light years ahead of where it was the beginning of the year. Um, you know, a guy like George Niang is playing with a great level of confidence, but he's really kind of shored up pieces of his game he needed to. And and Boyan, obviously, that's something they watch on film. Like, I can guarantee you. When they watch film and Boyan drives it and puts his head down because Quinn's theory is eyes up, eyes out. When he, when he drives and I guarantee those are clips on film because that's how you reinforce. And um, those guys all get a film package from the night before. And there's good and there's bad and there's ugly. And those things are all going to be on there. And so through recognition and accountability and then certainly opportunities within the context of practice, uh, in games to reinforce that's why you see guys get better um, I think it's a great observation PK and I think that um, I've, I've definitely seen improvement but it's def- definitely a little part of his game that he can he can improve for sure
0: so team-wide if there's one thing to improve it's turnovers when they don't turn the ball over they look yeah. awesome When they do turn the ball over, I sense people yelling at their TVs and throwing stuff.
1: That's what it looks like in the studio. I don't know if you've ever seen a dent where you sit, but (laughs) I've been known to throw a few things.
0: Is there anything that can be done to lessen the number of turnovers? Quinn Snyder said, yeah, look where you're throwing it, and if there's a guy in the way, don't throw the ball. I mean, that's not (laughs) a tone Quinn usually takes, but that makes me think he's at the end of his rope when he's saying stuff like that on a Zoom call with the media, it's like, oh, he's talked about turnovers till he's blue in the face. He's just at it.
1: So, a couple of things to unpack there. I think number one, um, you know, th- th- it goes back to what I was talking about earlier in the conversation. I think that the Jazz have seen so many different looks this year, um, and people really have disguised coverages. Um, you know, it- it's one fascinating thing about the NBA. Watching the Jazz the other night against the Spurs, and the Spurs are just this notoriously deadly two-point team. Um, very rarely do you see a team that shoots the two like they do. I mean, DeMar DeRozan has not attempted a three since March 26th. Uh, everything he does, his shot chart looks like when there's a tornado warning rolling through the south. You know, It's all red. That's where his, his, his is in the paint. Um, but the Jazz, obviously, they have this ability to attack you off the bounce, and on the roll. And so a couple of things I'll point to number one, I think it's, it's changing defenses and guys, you know, maybe assuming that defense is being played with like the one the other night. And, and there has been a lot of, of um, disguise. And then I think second thing is spacing. Quinn talks about spacing all the time. Um, this offense is really based on guys being in deep corners and free throw line extended. Um, and, you know, really kind of playing off one another, and if somebody's not in the right spot and the defense is able to, to cheat a little bit, that compromises you know your your ball security. And then I think the third thing is focus. You know, this team has gone in and out a lot, and Quinn talks about it after after games all the time. When this team's really focused and really locked in, it's really good. But you see guys, and it's it's across the board. It's not just young guys or old guys. It's everybody. They get a little complacent with a pass that probably seems easy. And uh like you said, DJ, they throw it to the other team. And so I think those three, those combination of things, um, understanding the defense, how they're playing, making sure your spacing is unpulpable. Um, spacing is offense and offense is spacing. That was Rick Majerus Um actually said it like this.
2: You know, spacing is offense and an
1: offense is spacing. Something like that. Um but that's, that's the second thing, and then I think that focus, that understanding of, uh, of making sure that guys are in the right spots, um, that your pass is, is deliverable, and that you make a good decision. And, and those are the things I'm sure Quinn's driving home all the time. It's just a matter of those things clicking. But you make a great point. When the Jazz take care of the ball and particularly eliminate live ball turnovers, those are the ones that are really tough because the Jazz are not great in transition. Defensively, right now, they, they kind of hit and miss. So, when you throw the team the ball and they've got a head start with numbers, that's a hard one to, to, to guard. So, eliminate live ball turnovers would be more important than anything else.
2: So, they need these four wins to get to seal up second place. Uh, I think they're going to get them. If they get them, do you think they pull back a little bit or they still proceed, try to get first? Um, I have no
1: idea. I think at that point, I think if you've got something locked up, and, and that's the funny part right now, is so many people that are, are in a position to, again, last night, the West completely shifted, right? Um, so I don't know. That's going to be a decision they'll have to make. I, I think if it's within shouting distance, certainly they would love to be the number one seed, but um, now you have to start kind of planning on and... and like you guys talked about, getting yourself right and ready and fresh. And a lot of these guys, you know, you forget the Clarkson and Ingles, and all these dudes have been really trying to carry the load. Um, and even though other dudes are playing minutes, you know, they feel a little bit more responsibility. So they've got to be fatigued. Uh, I was actually very, very impressed with a day off, the way Rudy looked, the difference between Rudy on Saturday and Monday, just one day off what it does for guys. And, so they've got four games this week. They've got the one, they've, they've made their way through one, um, got tonight. And then, uh, I, so I, I guess that's an organizational question more than anything. But um, my thought is if the Javs are within striking distance of one, uh, they'll do it smart. But I don't know that you just concede that.
0: As always, Tim, we appreciate it. We have more for you, but we don't want you to, you know, empty the opinions holster. There, you, you've got another hour to do at Six o'clock tonight on the pregame show.
1: I do. I actually I've lost my opinion holster, but I, I've got one on order from Amazon. It should be here by
0: ten thirty, so we should be good. You'll be good to go at six o'clock. Yep. Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst, pre half and post game tonight, six o'clock the pre game with the Jazz and the Spurs at seven. And if they're turnovers, then you know the remote control is bouncing off the wall or the TV set, depending on Tim's aim.
1: God bless you, everyone.
0: Thank you, Tim. DJ and PK, coming up, Michael Lev covers the Arizona Wildcats for the Arizona Daily Star, Arizona and BYU in the season opener. Utes obviously have the conference game with them later in the year. We'll find out if Wildcats are ready for any kind of uh, bounce back. The last time we saw them, PK's Sun Devils were crushing them 70-7 to and getting a coaching staff fired. We'll talk with Michael Lev coming up in 15 minutes. Coming up next, we'll underline, I think, the most important thing Tim Lacombe said, and we will do that next. Stay with us.